Hey, everybody. I'm C. I'm Jen. And you're listening to Tom Tit and Baobab. Welcome back to Tom Tit and Baobab, the New York Times Spelling Bee inspired podcast that is all about words, word games, and the word nerds who love them. So see, the last couple of weeks have been marked by a few not insignificant losses. Should we start with the most relevant? Yes, I lost my voice, Ah! (laughs) but but it's back now. And soon I'm going to be back in peak vocal form. (laughs) You mean you'll be back to sounding like richly modulated hummus? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we need to explain to our listeners. Okay, so we taped with my mother two weeks ago. Trash words. Hopefully remember trash words and it was super fun. And then afterwards, my mom wrote and said, oh, I hate the sound of my voice. And I know everybody says that, but my voice just sounds super thick and yours also sounds like thick hummus, but but you have more (laughs) modulation. And Jen sounds like ice water, clear crystal ice water. And somehow Jen figured out a way to make that think that her voice sounded cold. But was not offended at all. No, she took it as an insult and has not been able to let it go for weeks. It's hysterical. I was not actually insulted. (laughs) I thought it was hilarious. I think I have a terrible voice. Well, what's funny is that she was insulting me and saying nice things about you and you did not even understand. I think richly (laughs) modulated hummus is a high compliment. (laughs) Well, I like that you think this now, and we're talking about this when my voice still is a little questionable, but yeah, I'm saying when you're back in peak vocal form. Yes, I can talk and I'm happy about that. So there we go. That's good. Do you think that maybe because we're talking about losses, do you think that maybe you lost your voice in sympathy with the Phillies losing the World Series? Look, I was sad about that, but I think I lost it celebrating all the would-be election overthrows who lost their gubernatorial races. That was exciting, wasn't it? Yes. Now, if only Elon Musk would get voted out of Twitter. Well, you know, he might lose all of his employees, so who knows what's going to happen. Okay. Did you hear about that crazy loyalty pledge thing? What's the loyalty pledge? He issued some, like, ultimatum to people that they got a message that said you either check this and say you're ready to be part of like hardcore Twitter or I'll send you your severance package. Yeah. Well, thank God, like 1500 people or something left, Jen. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, how's he going to run anything? He has no people left. He's evil. Twitter was like my happy place all during the pandemic where I got to be with my people and not dealing with the craziness. And then he's horrible and ruining it. I hate him. Yeah. I think we got to leave. I think we have to escape Twitter. Didn't you say some people are now going to Mastodon? Yes, although I'm not entirely sure I understand Mastodon. And also it's named after an extinct genus of mammals. (laughs) (laughs) Jen, how many times do I have to tell you we're all going to be extinct soon? Anyway, I say we try it. (laughs) Okay, you're right. I guess we have nothing to lose. Ah, good. Bringing it back around. Thank you. Now it's your turn to move us forward. Do you think your voice can handle it? There's only one way to find out. It's time for the Week in Bees. This is the part of the show where we talk about the spelling bees from the previous week. This week, we're starting on Saturday, November 12th and ending on Friday, November 18th. But who knows? Maybe we'll throw in a word or two from the week that C went silent on us. (sighs) See, you've really been slacking on the B this week, huh? What the heck's going on? I know, I know. It's just, 
like everything has jumped into everything and I've been traveling <laughs> and uh, Gus one of the days took it over and finished it and got queen before I even got to look at it. So that was insane. Yeah, he was happy. I mean, the short ones are nice, you know, yeah. and then there were a couple of really long ones, which again, mm -hmm. Gus like got to genius. And then you're kind of like, I don't have time to try to get to like 60 words. or something. I know I did do it yesterday, though, all by myself and got to queen, even though it was funny because <laughs> I didn't have any time to do it. But I did a little in the morning. And then right before I went to bed, I stayed up too late finishing it up. So ha. oh, that's right. You sent me a text at some hour that you're never it was like 10 o'clock here. So I forgot that you were two hours behind. Yeah. Yes, that's still pretty <laughs> but you've done good this week i've so done okay this week you should tell me about you, your favorite words but i have to say about one yeah word that um drives me crazy i think this is thursday uh -huh. november 17th uh -huh. one word that i didn't get and i saw it and i was like irk is tail lamp Tail, tail lamp, lamp tail lamp tail lamp i understand that now it's been in a couple of times yeah. like in very recent but again, I think it's kind of a ridiculous word because no one says tail lamp. Yeah. That is not the word for tail light. You yeah, it's a ridiculous word. Drive. And it, yeah. I mean, I don't drive and I agree. <laughs> and when I looked it up in Merriam-Webster, it comes up as tail light yeah, and tail lamp is like the variation. And this was really weird. It said in Merriam-Webster that the word goes back to the 1800s. And I was like, what the heck kind of vehicle had it? tail like light on, on a it. horse and buggy like, yeah they is have that a why light? it's literally called a tail well tail okay light? they obviously don't have this <laughs> tail you weirdo <laughs> no 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 but i mean like does it have something to do with like a light near the jail well yeah that's what i'm assuming that like they had a lantern out back but i'm making that up that's weird that's going on the list for future housekeeping going on the list and then i'm going to tell you about the one other thing that i really noticed yeah. that day because i was really annoyed uh -huh. which is I did get B, whatever the day is, that Cyrillic did not count. Right. That was okay. on Friday, Hangul, the 18th. Hangul counts. Yeah. Cyrillic doesn't count. I do not understand. I'm fine with Cyrillic not counting, but if Hangul yeah, counts, exactly. Cyrillic needs to count. No, I think it's ah. the other way around. I think neither of them should count. They're both capitalized. Just be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. Yeah. <laughs> be consistent, but be consistent the right way. And the right way is don't include <laughs> the names of languages. They are capitalized, Sam. Yeah. Cyrillic and Hangul. Why does Kabbalah count? It, I mean, isn't that another capitalized word? Actually, it's not. I had the same question and I checked that one out. Okay. And it is lowercase. But, you know, that one I had a different consistency issue with, which is that he counts Kabbalah, C-A-B-A-L-A. -A -A. Yeah. He doesn't count Kabbalah, C-A-B-B-A-L-A. -A. Is that another spelling? They're both alternate spellings of the primary right, which spelling, the which is K-A-B-B-A-L-A-H. Yes. So why would he count one wacky variant yes. and not the other wacky variant right. when they're both wacky variants? Ugh. Consistency. Yeah. So I think there should be a rule that unless the variant is as used as the primary word, they shouldn't be counted. Just don't count variants and you won't have an issue. Well, it's fine with me or count all variants like he seems to half the time. I mean, it's just yeah. it's stupid. Let's talk some more about consistency issues. Yes. Hyphenation. Yeah. Okay. He includes hee-haw, which is completely hyphenated in the yeah. dictionary. Yeah. Last week on Tuesday the 8th, he included hour long as one word with no hyphen, oh, which is nuts. Right. Okay. And yet he doesn't count, for instance, ha-ha, which right. I'm like, 
Ha ha. Yeah, totally a word. Like, I'm with you. Use it all the time. Yes, yeah. that's in the dictionary with both a hyphen and not a hyphen, but at yeah. least it's in the dictionary without a hyphen, which I can't say for hee haw. <laughs> hee haw, can't say hee haw. <laughs> so, yeah, Look, I had a how lot good is my of... voice for hee haw? Hee haw. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. I think right? we should use that when we get to wild card today instead <laughs> of the usual screeching. <laughs> no, no, no. We got to keep the screeching. Speaking so, of screeching, Jen. Yeah. Do you want. Uh, I know what you're about to say. Do you? Am I going to say, what does a caracol sound like? Uh, no. Oh, we're going <laughs> oh. the opposite way. I was going, oh. what does a caracol sound like? I mean, what the? <laughs> what? Oh, you were going to say that he left it out. Why is, where's my caracol? I know. So that was last week also on oh, Friday the it? 11th. He didn't include caracol. I got to but- complain. Yeah, no, of course we have to complain. That's our word, right? Yes. This week he included civet. He included impala. He included wallaroo. Wallaroo. I forget wallaroo a lot, but I like it. But I forget. Well, now I never forget it. Ever since the first time when we didn't know it. Yes. Now I'm like wallaroo, wallaroo. I know. I do Um, forget though, but I gotcha. Wolf. So it was a much better week for the mammals, but and for the cats. All right. But I um, get you were yeah. going for foo for all. Okay, I don't even know this word. I still don't know this word. It is a re- ridiculous word. So just to be clear, we are talking Foo-for-all. about foo for F-O-O-F-A-R-A-W. foo which means Saturday, what? November 12th. What and is it, it supposed to mean? It's like brouhaha. Does he count brouhaha? I don't think he does. F you, Sam. Sorry. <laughs> no, F-O. F-O-O. <laughs> for all. What kind of crazy word is that? That is insane. That, yeah. Have I, you, right? I've never heard it. Actually, never you know, I haven't it. asked my Apparently mother. Apparently, it's have you Midwestern. Asked yours? Did you no, ask your mother? No, I haven't asked my mom. We're but you know what? I think mothers. I made her look at the B that night yeah. because I couldn't get the last word. I never would have gotten that word. She couldn't, she didn't get it. So I'm assuming she didn't know it. Never would have, never would have gotten it. And no. I took a hint that night, like a letter hint that night. And I still couldn't get it. Yeah. So, no, that's a crazy word. Because I didn't know it. <laughs> No, I, <laughs> and I I've don't want to know it. I've never I have no heard interest that word. in it. I'm never going to use it. If I needed a word to say brouhaha, I'd say brouhaha. I'm worried I'm not uh-huh. going to remember it next time. Foo far I got to remember that. You're right. going to remember that there was some crazy FW word. Yeah, but still, until I just saw it again on this list, I wouldn't have remembered that it existed. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Midwestern words, oh, what? Um, the hamgram on Friday the 18th was cornally. Oh yeah, and, you and like I say that. that's Midwestern because I looked it up because oh. I don't really like that cornily. It's like a weird word. I I don't think I say corny a bunch, but I've never said cornily. Cornily, um, yeah, it's true. It is a weird word. It's kind of derogatory, actually. Wait, corny. It is? What is Did it? you know that? No. Because it was like a Midwestern. Oh, you're a naive, sentimental, goofy corn state person. Well, that's what corny means. What I don't understand yeah, that's is what corny means. And corny cornally, is the word, not cornily. Yeah, that's the word corny, but cornily is from the same place. Except the bad it's version just of it. Go- it's goofy. And now I think it's like. Trash word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally, right? Yeah. There was another word that day that I kind of like, which is cryonic. Yeah. On Friday the 18th. And yeah. I actually was considering that for the deep dive. Oh, but and no. um, I found this amazing article that I'm not going to get into, but it's called Why Cryonics Makes Sense by Tim Urban, who has a blog <laughs> called Wait But Why. <laughs> that sounds it's good. so good. It goes through like 12 steps of what you need to know to be cryonicized. I don't know if that's the word. Uh, would you ever <laughs> be cryonicized? 
Um, I, I don't know. I don't think so after reading his <laughs> blog. It's do you really want to live forever. So I don't I don't know if I do. And I don't know that actually people who are become he calls them cryonicist, um, yeah. if that happens. And here's the most well, of course not tell yet. You, yeah, I'm gonna tell you the most interesting thing that I learned reading okay. his blog. When somebody says it cryonics what do you think of that what does that mean it means like the people go into the deep freeze in the science fiction movies and then they get woken up eventually maybe just with their heads yeah except that in practice you don't actually get frozen what do you do you get vitrified so they do this thing where they pump out all of your blood and then they pump back in some sort of chemical thing i don't remember what it is it's something that they pump back into you that lowers your body temperature Ooh. but they don't actually freeze you well, because it's not if that they, they freeze you from you, the inside they kind of they yes they kind of freeze you from the inside Sounds and they take great. you so that you have your like but your blood is not frozen i'm right. not your blood whatever this thing is that's inside of you is not frozen when so, you mean your essence isn't frozen <laughs> your essence is not frozen sounds great Definitely, let's yeah. do that. Anyway, read that. That was a total tangent. I'm sorry, but I just thought it was so interesting. That is really interesting. <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> but not interesting enough to be the deep dive. <laughs> oh, man, the deep dive must be really good then, because that's a good one. Yeah, it's amazeballs. Uh... That, I bring that up because Rich, Rich C, R-M-C underscore V-U on Twitter on Saturday the 5th, so this was the week that you were gone, uh-huh. pointed out that amazeball is now a word in the OED. Wait, really? Yeah. That's a little Isn't ridiculous. that amazeballs? Uh, you don't like it? <laughs> I mean, I like it for funniness. I don't think I like it for a real <laughs> word. But what word I was sad it wasn't there, you know, wall ball. Yeah. Come on. Again, just yeah. another clue that Sam is not from Philadelphia. Or from any, well, I was going to mm. say from any urban area, but from any, from any place. <laughs> He never played ball when he was little. I don't know. Wall ball. For those of you who don't know, Sam, is basically when you have a ball and you play with your hand as a racket against a wall. (laughs) Yeah, but I think wall ball is a very specific urban kind of thing when you can't play a better ball game. (laughs) (laughs) But it should be a word. That's all I'm going to say. And here's another argument for wall ball. Although it is not in Merriam-Webster. It's not. At all. It's oh. not in there as two words and it's not in there as one word. Weird. It's all over the internet and it's all over of the internet course. as one word. You know what? It's all over we the internet. Also, Everyone on the internet's doing it. We also <laughs> talked about beach ball. Beach ball is two words in Merriam-Webster and it's oh. two words across the internet. So Interesting. I did not yeah, realize so that. Uh. There's a lot of stuff going on with balls that's not amaze balls. <laughs> a lot of balls. <laughs> Anyway, there clearly, as always, were a number of words that were included and excluded in the bees this week that seem completely arbitrary. Arbitrary. So I'm really excited about our special guest today who has some ideas for how to change the arbitrariness of the bee lists. So let's get moving. All right. It's time for the word of the week. This is the part of the show where we focus on one word from the previous week's puzzle. One of us chooses the word, does some research, and presents what we find. Jen, what kind of surprise do you have in store for us today? I have the kind of surprise that falls out when you crack open a 
Pinata. Ooh, pinata. Nice. <laughs> so let's start by saying we all know what a pinata is. Yes. Yes. Who does not love a pinata? Yeah. And we all know that it's pronounced pinata. Oh, correct? I see where we're going. <laughs> and what's your understanding of how you spell pinata? Uh, with an enye. Yes. So for anybody who doesn't know, which I can't imagine anyone who listens to this show would not know. What or, you know, lives in the world. An is, is an N with a tilde over it, also called a vergulia in Spanish. Wait, what word did you just try to say? Vergulia. Vergulia? Yeah, that's, that's the name of a, t- of a tilde Wait, in Spanish. They don't say tilde in Spanish? No. As someone who speaks Spanish, I find this weird. But all right, go ahead. So, yeah, an N with a tilde is how you spell piñata. And that's why you have the ñ sound and Mm. not n. Okay. However, this word was included in the B this week on Thursday, November 17th as piñata. P-I-N-A-T-A. Pinata. Sounds right. Yeah. Pinata. Um. Now, we've spoken before about how weird it is that Sam will include certain words without diacritical marks like accents and things like that. And we've questioned whether he ever included a word with a tilde. So in the B. Are you saying that this word is this word has been in the B before, right? I don't know. I've never done a B that had it in, okay. in there. Jen, this is easy enough to find out. Okay. You keep yeah, talking. I'm gonna look I didn't. You find okay, out. Go. So the word is pinata. It has an enye in it. Yes. And it was not sitting right with me. Like I put in pinata <laughs> this is and not it counted. Right. And I was like, there's this is not this is not good. This is not right. So I looked it up in Merriam-Webster and they did have it spelled both ways with pinata, no tilde as a variant. Oh, they do. But I still did not, it just did not feel right. So I looked into it and the more I looked into it, the more I was convinced that this was a total trash variant oh, that should get thrown out. Interesting. So I want to tell you about why. I will tell you quickly, it's always in the B, 11 times. Oh, okay. Well, 11 times, it was a bad decision. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe only maybe nine of the times. I don't know. All right, go ahead. No, it was a bad decision every single time. Every time. time. Horrible. Let's let's talk about why. All right, let's hear. So first, I want to tell you a little bit about piñatas and the history of piñatas, because it's really interesting. There are a few different ideas about the origins of piñatas. There was an Aztec ritual that involved breaking a container to release offerings to the gods. Uh And it was like a feather covered pot. So it could have been a direct transmission from the Aztecs into later Mexican culture. But most people actually think that the history is more complicated than that. And they trace the idea of the piñata back to a Chinese custom where they had uh, mud pots or hollow figures of farm animals made out of ceramics that were covered in colored paper. And they would put seeds in them and then they would break them to usher in a good harvest. And a lot of people credit Marco Polo, and that is debated, with bringing that tradition to Europe in the 13th century. And it was picked up from there by the Italians and then by the Spanish. And in Italy, it was called a piñata, P-I-G-N-A-T-T-A. Interesting. Which literally means clay pot or fragile pot. Okay. So you can see how piñata with the G-N in Italian would become piñata with the Ñ in Spanish, right? Mm-hmm. And in Italian and Spanish, it became associated with Lent. So there was a celebration the first Sunday of Lent, you know, the end of Carnival, the beginning of Lent, where they would break open piñatas. Oh, so they used to have piñata parties for that. That's interesting. And it was called Piñata Sunday or in Spain, Dance of the Piñata. So in this account of 
China to Marco Polo to Italy to Spain, the Spanish missionaries, knowing that the indigenous people already had, the Aztecs already had a, a similar tradition to this, brought the piñata to Mexico and Central America, and they used it around Christmas to convert people mm. to Christianity. Like, hey, like, come on look, over. We have piñatas too. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I like it. And they developed this really specific type of piñata in the shape of a seven-pointed star. And each of the points was one of the seven deadly sins. Oh. And they made them really bright and colorful because that was supposed to be like the lure of the sins. The, you know, the color was like temptation and it was the devil. And right. then when you smashed it, you are like repudiating evil, restoring uh. good to the world. And the good stuff that falls out is like the rewards of heaven. Right. Okay. So there was this very specific form with a very specific meaning right. to it. And they still in Mexico use this pinata form during that period before Christmas. Okay. So the skill of pinata making was handed down over generations and it's related to other Mexican artistic traditions like making giant puppets and masks and things like that. They're part of celebrations. Oh, interesting. But they became more popular and they became commercialized. Americans started to have them at birthday parties and stuff like that. So we may mainly know piñatas in the shape of donkeys or, or, um, <laughs> or minions, you know, minions or whatever <laughs> or Elmo, it is. If you, or um, Elmo, right. If you that so... to your poor child and then watch them cry, which did happen. Exactly. <laughs> so they became more popular. And this was really bad for the piñata makers because oh. they're considered these like cheap throwaway items that we don't want to pay a lot of money for. Mm. So like there was an NPR story with this woman named um, Yesenia Prieto, who now lives in LA, but she's a third generation pinata maker. Huh. And she was talking about, said it would take four people two hours to make a pinata that Oof. they would get $10 for. Uh. So like this really is not good for pinata makers. Well, except if there's a lot more pinatas than there used to be, but okay. Yeah, except that they can't, she was like, we can't make them fast enough. Yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? So it, they're like working like crazy and getting no money for them. So. You know, this is something that happens with a lot of traditional Mexican arts because they're oftentimes ephemeral and accessible and they have been denigrated in art history because they're a craft that we consider to be kind of throwaway. Mm. And that is basically what happens here in the U.S., where we don't care much about the process of making them or the history of them. It's just this fun thing that we like conquer and devour the riches and throw away. So very American. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for telling us all about it. So but, maybe we'll care but, more about our pinatas. Exactly. And them. there are a number of Mexican and Mexican-American artists now that are trying to elevate the form of the pinata. And you should totally check it out. See, we should go to one of these galleries where they show because they're super cool. They're doing all kinds of interesting pinata art. So that's really cool, right? Very cool. And Piñatas are like a symbol of Mexican culture. Like we associate them with that, even though we also devalue them. And this gets to the second part of what I wanted to tell you about, which goes back to the Enye and how okay. anglicizing the word piñata into pinata is very much like cheapening and devaluing the actual piñata. So Wait, all right, come on. <laughs> there's this really great article in Las Cruces Sunday News from April 2021. And it talks about the development of the Enye and 
It started as like scribes and medieval manuscripts when they had to write a double N to save space. Would And they did this with other letters as well, would write one N with a line over it, right? So like mm-hmm. anus in Latin year became año year in Spanish. Right. And that eventually though became a letter in its own right with its own sound. So like when you say the Spanish alphabet, N-A-N-Y-E, it's in there. Yeah. Right. And so it is a letter. It's not just like an E with an accent and it can totally change the meaning of a word. So año means year, but ano means anus. So <laughs> it's important. Yes. So the author of this article, Algernon de Massa, he talks about the fact that accents and diacritics, like the tilde, were discouraged by the AP until 2019. And mm-hmm. that was largely because of the technology. It was considered sure. to be a non-transmitting symbol for a lot of sim- for a lot of systems that used publishing and printing. Right. And until 2007, you couldn't have one in like an email address or a web domain. Uh-uh. Right? So we think, oh, well, okay, big deal. You write Pinata. But as this article points out, in 2018, there was actually a candidate in New Mexico, Angel Pena, who got kicked off of the ballot because his name was printed wrong on the petition papers and they Uh hand corrected them Uh and then somebody brought it to court and he was no longer allowed to be a candidate ridiculous so it's actually like a really big deal and it's not a problem with the language it's a problem with the fact that we don't make the technology so that it recognizes it you know spanish is like the fourth most spoken language in the world and enyes are in almost 20,000 Spanish words, a lot of which we use in English, like piña colada, el niño, jalapeño. So it's kind of ridiculous that we take away the enye. Well, okay. So fully agreed in terms of like an enye, not entirely clear why we would ever get rid of enye in life. To be contrary, I may argue that we don't have an NA in our language. So if we're going to like, I'm not entirely sure it's a problem to have something written in one way in Spanish and then have an ink, like, cause this well, isn't the I, Spanish word, right? Yeah, like, but that's we don't part do of that the, with, we don't do that with other things. And we, we actually do, do that with it, other things. We, we do that with lots of other things. In theory, if this was pinata with an NA, it'd be a Spanish word, which we don't count, right? This would be an no, English word. No, but we've word. incorporated Spanish words with, we can't incorporate, like it can't colada. be an English word if it's a word, letter we do not have. And there's lots of, I mean, I think there's alphabets all over the place that we do not have that letter. We don't. I know, but we you have know our like alphabet. We don't have Spanish an NA. Figures. I think That's we should fine. have an NA. And it's a fine Spanish word. And I think Spanish it's lazy word. not to use the NA if we're going to, like, if we no. are going to call a piñata, if piñatas to us are like the stereotype of Mexico, we should then at least You are looking for offense it where it does a, not exist. I I'm offended I'm rejecting, by it. I'm rejecting I'm your I think, thesis. <laughs> I think that there are ways that it could be corrected. Just like on your phone, you can hold down your N and the N-Y will appear as what an What I'm option. saying is it's fine, they but then that's that the, on the Spanish beat. word. That's a Spanish no, word. Yes. In the dictionary, the primary spelling in the English dictionary no. is with a tilde. Jen, we do not have- We'll have to argue about this offline. Yeah. But I think- <laughs> 
<laughs> it's ridiculous. And you can say that, but like we had a whole conversation about taking away people's language. And now you're saying, okay, well, on help. No, I'm saying in the Spanish on word ballot, on his ballot, he should have been on help. Now you're talking about a fully different thing. And you know, I'm not saying that that's a totally <laughs> different. And to I know you're not saying that. And I'm ridiculous. saying that, no, I'm saying that they're related. You're looking too hard looking for, for offense. It. It's easy to find offense everywhere. It. It's Duh. there. <laughs> this is it's not there, a problem. <laughs> and I'm sticking to being offended by it. Well, so there am, you go. That is the deep dive. I am sticking to thinking you're crazy. But that said, I really like the thought about pinatas and where they came from. And I will say pinata and I will never say pinata. So I'm totally with you there. <laughs> And I'd be fine I'm if it glad didn't, that we could agree on something. I'd be fine if it didn't count in the B because it's a Spanish word, piñata, and we are yeah, always I would be fine with that too. If we're not going to count Spanish words like hola, then well, don't yeah. count piñata. And we shouldn't count chow, which I'm fine with too. I'm but... fine with that too. Let's take them all out. Speaking of what should be and shouldn't be in the B... Oh, that's Should a good. Should we move on to our next section? That is a good segue. Are you talking about wanting to move to wild card? <laughs> Welcome to the wild card, where the only thing that's predictable is how awesome it will be. The wild card is a kind of variety show segment that changes from episode to episode. On today's wild card segment, we have a really special treat for you and for us. Yes. We are joined by trivia whiz and word game maven, Peggy Robin. If you know Peggy from the Twitter hive mind, you know that she has an impressive queen bee streak and provides helpful hints almost daily. Of course, here at Tom Titt and Baobab, we have a special place in our hearts for folks who share names with birds. <laughs> and what makes Peggy's visit especially exciting for us is that she has the distinction of being the very first person outside of our moms to contact us about T and B. Is that true? Yes. Awesome. Peggy, we're so happy to have you join us here. Welcome to the show. Oh, I love it. I've been listening to you from your very first day. Oh, thank so you. You must be a glutton <laughs> for punishment, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into every word game and every word game source. It's really? Unbelievable. So how did you find the B? I think my daughter put me onto it. My daughter, who's um, 29, is also into word games. She lives in Philadelphia. Oh, cool. And uh, she's the one who first told me when I was doing it in the New York Times paper edition in a magazine on Sundays, you know, it's a daily thing now in the Times on the website every day. So I, I really got excited <laughs> about that. So. I, you didn't have the app before that. No, no, I'm not a really an apps person, but once I got into, uh, once I realized it was online, mm -hmm. then I had to learn to do it both on my phone and on the uh, right. computer screen. I really prefer a big screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So did it take a while to convince you to switch over to the app? Yes, yes. I mean, if I could do all of this on a big manual typewriter and <laughs> pull the platinum thing at the end, that's what I do. <laughs> I would prefer to just do it on a giant chalkboard myself. <laughs> I do take a piece of paper and I, I write it down as I go along. Mm -hmm. That Jen does that too. That's how she likes to figure out like the words that she can't find. Right, Jen? Yeah. I prefer to write everything down. Yeah. So Peggy, you've been getting Queen Bee every day since June 6th, 2021. We are in awe. 
What's your secret? How do you do that? I need to know, like, do you legitimately get Queen Bee every day? No hints. Oh, when no. do you go for hints? If you do, tell us everything. Okay, I've got a rule, which is that I've got to get to genius. Absolutely no hints. Mm-hmm. And I usually, I, I can do that. I, I, I'm good enough for right, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tend to think I should go maybe two or three or even more beyond genius, you know, and if I can go all the way, no hints, I'll go for it. But <laughs> I usually get stuck three or four after genius. And then I start looking yeah. to see what the total word count is. Then I go for how many of each letter there are. And then I break down and hit the two letter hints. And <laughs> when I'm really, really yeah. in cheater mode, <laughs> I go for the three letter hints. And, you know, there are people who, besides myself, who give clues and I'll go yeah. for them too. And the first person I go for now is uh, Sharif Rahman, who not only gives a clue for the pangram every day, but he makes a joke about it. It's a good uh, joke too. <laughs> yeah, he always impresses me. You impress me too, though, Peggy, because I don't understand when you actually do the B. I go to bed really late and I wake up pretty late in the morning. And by the time I wake up, everybody's already finished. You've all posted your queen bee stats <laughs> and your hints and everything else. And just do you do it in the middle of the night? When I started doing it, it was no big deal. I would do a little bit in the morning, a little bit midday, and maybe by mid-afternoon, I would post my queen bee results and give a few hints. But then I really started getting into it, and I started getting just a teensy bit obsessed. (laughs) (laughs) So now I do it first thing in the morning, usually before I brush my teeth. I'm ashamed to say it, but I do. Oh, that's awesome. Are there other games that you do every day, Peggy? And if so, where do they fit into your schedule? No, in fact, my other main game these days is Wordle and I'll do Wordle anytime during the day. Sometimes I go to bed at night and I think, oh, I haven't done Wordle yet. And I'll just do it right before I go to bed. Okay. And what about crosswords? Are you a crosswords person? You know, I've given up on crosswords. I just... I don't find them that interesting anymore. You know, it's... Is that just since the bee? Has the bee turned you off to crosswords? No, I actually gave up crosswords some time ago, really a little bit after college, when I figured, okay, you know, I get it. You put words in a grid. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't have any little extra special thing to it. The the puzzle that I really like is the acrostic. Mm -hmm. What you get out of the acrostic is a quotation from a book. And the acrostic part spells out the author's name and the source of the material reading down. And that is just so brilliant. I just don't understand how they constructed it. Peggy, I had totally forgotten about acrostics until you reminded me about them on Twitter. And they just seem impossible to me to construct, like harder than anything. I'm, I'm in awe of people who do that. I don't know how they do it. I complain a lot about Sam and the bee, but I don't think I would ever complain to an acrostics constructor. Well, that is really my hobby. My hobby isn't just the bee. My hobby is complaining about the bee. Yeah, us too, Peggy. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect segue, Peggy, because we want to know your proposals for improving the bee, or we know something about them, but we think the world should know. Yes. So go at it. I wrote to Sam maybe two years ago now, and I said, You know, everybody's complaining that you're arbitrary. Some words make no sense to us. Some words we think, oh, that's a common word. Why isn't that there? Mm -hmm. What you need is a usage panel. You need an odd number of people so that we don't get like stuck with the jury with, 
you know, half this and half that, yeah. but an odd number, number of people, none of whom are an expert in any of these fields, no botanists, no zoologists, no sailors, no food people in any particular cuisine. How about pirates? Could he have pirates? He can have people who watch pirate movies, but he can't have actual <laughs> pirates. Fair enough. <laughs> so the words that we regular people know should be in the B. And if we know a word, let's say that's a sailing term like Ali, we don't know exactly what it means. I don't know how you set your sail Ali, <laughs> but we know that word. Right. There are a lot of other words that we all know. Um, you don't have to be an archaeologist to know that the midden is where they put the trash in, in, in an archaeological dig. You know what that word is. You just have to have seen a couple of National Geographic documentaries. <laughs> and then there are words that are in there that nobody knows. You write a blog for your neighborhood, basically, but you did do one piece in September of 2021 that C and I really love, which is about the bee. And you talk about Sam as an editor and you tackle some of these questionable inclusions yeah. and exclusions. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I, I wrote down a whole list of words that he's got in there and lists that he doesn't, the words that he doesn't have in there. And yeah, I've got quite a few little sentences. Yeah, I just, I have to read some back to you because they're so good, Peggy. So you wrote, if he's out sailing, he can't turn his sail a lee. He can't toss a beach ball. Um, he can't put down a mat, a bath mat. <laughs> Guess he'll slip and fall. Those are great, Peggy. And we're going to link to your blog because these are hysterical. He does count Nori now. I saw that Nori was on your list. So something must have convinced him to put Nori in. Yeah, it's all the people who, who email him and say, hey, I eat Nori every other week. Put Nori in there. And he does, you know, he'll give in to pressure if it's big enough. Willie, though, Peggy. Willie, though. <laughs> but seriously, can we just talk for a minute about the letter you sent to Sam with your proposal about the usage panel? You shared that letter with us, and I was so impressed by how diplomatic it was. You were just so nice. You were like, oh, we love that you do this. We want everybody to be happy. We want you to be happy. But anybody who has ever listened to this podcast knows that we are not nearly that nice to Sam. <laughs> So I really appreciated your diplomacy. And I was also disappointed that you said you never got a response. But he never... Is that still true? Yeah. You never heard it's from him? It's still true. I don't expect to. Listen, he probably gets a thousand emails a day, maybe more. Well, he probably should have an assistant. They should hire you to be his assistant. Oh, I would so take that job. I... <laughs> Even though I'm not sure I want to work for, what is he, like 26? Yeah, Do I want to work for a 26-year-old kid? I like this idea, Peggy, though, because we had never, you know, we've talked many times on here about what needs to happen and how a 26-year-old white male maybe isn't the greatest person to make all decisions about what word should be included or not. But you're right. It's also hard to know, well, who should that person be? And a nice little group of amateurs Sounds like a, I mean, that's a novel idea to me. Jen, had you ever thought about anything like that? I had not. My idea was always to rotate between editors like they do with the crosswords. But I think Peggy's onto something. I like this suggestion a lot. My only hesitation is like, isn't everybody an expert on something? I'm not. <laughs> but you know so much, Peggy. For those of you listening, Peggy was on Jeopardy. So 
I mean, you have to know a lot to be on Jeopardy. I could never be on Jeopardy. Right, but I lost on Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> but you made it there. You made it there. That's huge. That's, that's true. Yeah. I just wonder how you find people that know like enough, but not too much. Well, that's why you have the usage panel made up of maybe seven or nine or 11 people. And they kind of look it over and they each vote, you know, should this word be in yes or no? And if you have the majority say it's in, it should be mm -hmm. in. I mean, that's a recommendation. They would recommend to Sam. And it would be after the fact, not before the fact. I really like that piece of your proposal. Tell us more about that. How would it work? So if there's a B and there's a strange word in it that pops up, let's say foo-for-all. Yeah, let's say that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's what the usage panel would do, that all these people would get together after the word has been in there and say, take it out. We don't like it. Or, hey, I learned a great new word. That one's good. I'm glad to know it. And it should stay in. I want to know, are there any words that you are not glad to have Trash learned? Through words. The <laughs> you've seen them in the B, you've looked them up and you're like, no, I still don't like that word. <laughs> Well, you know, that that's the thing other than frou-frou, which I was kind of, I found, okay, that one's fablet, a little too much. Fablet. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. <laughs> fablet should go. It should never have been in there in the first place. It is such a made-up word. <laughs> it, I mean, it's also out of date. It wasn't the era of the fablet, what, the early 2010s? Right, right, right. I looked it up. <laughs> I do a lot of looking up of these words. So that's, that's that what is I like a bonus. Absolutely. Yeah. We do that all the time. I love that. Yeah. One of the things I wonder about Peggy, like right now, it seems like Sam gets a big list every day or whenever he gets his lists and then he goes through them. He looks at a couple of dictionaries from what I've read, Miriam Webster, and then whatever the Apple default dictionary is. And then he just starts crossing things off. Like, I like this one. I don't like this one. But do you have any thoughts about specific criteria that words should have to meet to be included in the B list? No, I don't. And the reason uh, I think it's a sticky problem is that you just can't pick a dictionary and go with it because any dictionary, even like a little college dictionary, has just got way too many words. So that's why I think a panel will probably be the best way mm -hmm. of going about it. Now you do have, you have another thought about how to improve the B that you shared with us that maybe you want to talk about a, a way to make it more exciting. Yes. Cause the other big complaint that I've heard over and over again, and I certainly have is that, Oh, this B is just like one two days ago, or, or uh, there's been a center C eight times the last month. That's too much. And I also, I hate center C. <laughs> <laughs> so you ought to follow a formula of a 25 day cycle of center A the first day, center B the second day, and on through skipping S because he doesn't permit S in the B, but on through Z. I really like that because there are absolutely letters that I think are underused in the B. I was also thinking about the predictability aspect. And I was thinking that if like, I, I'm wondering first practicality, like it might be that it's really hard to put a 
D in the middle. I'm making up a letter, right? Or like that there are certain letters that it's much harder. Obviously, C is one of these letters that are, are very easy to have in the middle, right? So there might be a, a problem with having it that exact, maybe not. But you also made me think about predictability in a different right. way that I would not like to know that tomorrow is going to be a D, but I would like to know that it's Saturday. So it's going to be a big puzzle. Like, like crosswords, you know, that the easiest puzzles are on Monday, the hardest puzzles on Saturday, and then Sunday's your big one. And in general, I think like, Hey, it's the weekend. Can we have our big puzzles on the weekend? Yeah. I actually feel the opposite. I want to do things on weekends. I want to get out. Uh, I don't want to be sitting there counting <laughs> 63 words and how many INGs there are. And, you know, that that's too much. I want my short Bs on the weekend and I want the longer Bs on the weekdays. But on the other hand, I want to ban any B that's 50 plus words. That's too much. I'm oh, spending really? too much time on it. I'm with Peggy on that See, one. I don't mind long Bs if they're interesting. When they're long Bs and they're just like, different EDs that you can't remember if you got or not. Right. That's frustrating to me. But what are your favorite puzzles, Peggy? Like, so under 50 words, we got that. Not a center right. C. <laughs> I, like, I like X in the middle. Oh, I, you do? Yeah, I do. I do. You get some interesting words that way. I really like a Z in the middle. That's a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tend not to like V, W. Have I I've ever seen a Y in the middle? Yes, I think I have, but I don't like so <laughs> I do not like the words. <laughs> it's weird how there are different combinations of letters that different people find difficult. So like there are days when I'll write to C and I'll say, these letters are so awful and I can't see anything. And then she'll write back to me and say, what? I love these letters and vice versa. <laughs> I have a problem with certain uh, blindness to certain words and both Tom Tit and Baobab, even though I know that they're going to be there every time I see those letters, I just... I go, oh, oh yeah, I got to remember those. Do not feel bad about Tom Tit and Baobab. They are words that we use yeah. and look at every day and it still takes me right. a while to see them. I have that problem with, I was going to say Callaloo. <laughs> Callaloo, every time Callaloo's in, I'm like, Callaloo. <laughs> All right, I want to go back a little. We talked about your Queen Bee streak and about posting on Twitter. So you're pretty yeah. consistent yeah. about providing clues online. What's your process with that? Do you wait until you're finished the bee to do the clues? How do you decide yeah. what you're going to hint about? Right. Oh, well, I don't look at Twitter at all until I'm completely done and have Queen Bee because I don't want anybody else's hints uh, until I've finished. And then um, I take a look at all the list of the words in the bee and I think, what do I want to say about this bee? Was it easy? Was it hard? Can I work any of these words into describing how easy or hard the bee was? And then sometimes I just do straight out things like, you know, look for a lily, look for a, a sage teacher, if I'm lazy. But if, I, <laughs> if I'm going to be clever about it, I'll really try to write a coherent little story using synonyms for the words that kind of sound natural, I hope. I have been dinged a couple of times for giving away too much. So I'm I'm trying to be subtle. <laughs> you said that you don't look at Twitter right. at all until you get to Queen. And then you give your hints. So who do you go to for your hints? 
what's do you have a go-to source well up until last week i used to go to the great kevin e davis he gave the most wonderful hints he gave a hint for every single word in the b and he is retired and i understand why but oh, i miss him um did he retire to get off twitter uh he's still on twitter i think he still tweets about the New York Times news quiz and a few other things, but he's out of the clue giving business. Uh, and he used he used to be the best clue giver. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. Nancy, um, who was on our show as well, Nancy Pfeffer, she also um, had told us about Kevin yeah. that he was yeah. one of her go to sources for hints too. So, do you think somebody's going to pick up his mantle? Are you ready to do it, Peggy? Oh, I know why he retired <laughs> because he was spending so much time at it. At, at, uh... I'm already spending too much time, so I, I think I better not. So you are you are a dedicated daily Twitter poster, and is that? Do you have other like you follow some? people on the hive mind do you have other conversations with people are there people you've gotten to know through the hive mind that you want to tell us about well uh i feel like i've got this whole community out there but i don't really know anybody because our conversations are limited to the b yeah yeah uh, but i like nancy pfeffer's idea of of getting together in the real world what a great thing to do yeah, a B convention. They do it for crosswords. They do it for Scrabble. They should do it for the B. <laughs> yes. You've hit my other obsession, ah, which is Scrabble. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I have a lot of online games going. And again, I have a lot of uh, I have a lot of people that I feel connected to, but I don't know who they are. I know them by their Scrabble handles on awesome, online Scrabble. Awesome. <laughs> Peggy, we enjoy following you on Twitter. How can other people follow you on Twitter? I tweet at still life with Robin, but it's not spelled out all the way. It's still life W Robin. Excellent. So to talk about something a little less fun, just for a second, we were talking about Twitter and I did see that you wrote a blog post about Twitter and about staying on Twitter. So, you know, we've had this conversation here, uh, Jen and I about, are we going to stay on Twitter because we love the hive mind community and, um, you know, we want to talk to people about the bee, but we're also not giant fans of Elon Musk. So any you mean thoughts? Elon Musk, the cartoon supervillain? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, I, I want to desert Elon Musk, but I'm hoping that he'll crash and burn and that I don't have yeah. to, that it will, will outlast him. So I'm going to stick where I am until I have to go. But yeah. that's kind of where we are right now, too. We so we did counter social. And we're planning on setting up an account on Mastodon, but I don't actually understand how it works. So I'm not sure if we're going to be able to post anything. <laughs> one more question for you, Peggy, because I know it's one of your top goals to get Ali accepted. Ali, Ali, let's do it. Yes. And I, I think there's a whole crew of us, a, a whole ship a crew, a ship crew <laughs> working on We're all on board. No pun intended. Do you have a strategy in mind? Is there something we can do to help to rouse up See, everybody? I think it, I think Sam is a little bit of a contrarian. And the more uh -huh. people push it, the more he's likely to resist. Um, yeah. But you know, they've just assigned an editor. They have? To the B. Um, wait, wait. He's not yes. going to be the... No, he is. He'll be the, the main guy who does it but now his work is going to be looked over by an editor ah. so if he leaves out something major like undaunted 
or unindicted. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah, 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 oh, we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they just want some another pair of eyes to look okay. it over. Absolutely, that is good. That's very good. Um, I read the Deb Amlin uh, blog post. Uh, word she does the wordplay blog, and uh, I think I read that last week in her uh, blog. Is she going to be the editor? No. No, okay. the person's name I think is Diane something. I don't remember it off the top of my head. All right, so we got to start. We start. Got to start inundating her with uh, Ali. I would like pin pad. I was. I was pro your pin pad request. I want my chat in. <laughs> you know, I read in an article that someone who wanted to get Rafia into the B list sent a box of Rafia to the New York Times office, and it worked. <laughs> Because Rafi is in the B now and it wasn't before. So maybe we need to send part of a boat to Sam. <laughs> or we could get a big blow up boat. Like, you know how when the unions do protests, they have those giant blow up rats? <laughs> we could do a giant blow up boat outside the New York Times building. And Excellent we could all get idea. <laughs> That's how we'll all meet each other, Jen. Exactly. There you go. <laughs> I think that would be great. All right. We want to thank you so much, Peggy, for coming today and talking with us and sharing your proposals for improving the bee, which I think uh, we at least think are some good ideas. Yeah, yeah, we think they're great ideas. And I think that Sam, Sam, hello. We know he listens. We know he listens. We know he listens. Do you you (laughs) know that? No, but he often thinks happen that that we go. We doubt highly that he actually listens, but we we like like to pretend that he does. We like to believe that he He hasn't sent you that swag, has he now? No, he has not. We are still waiting on the swag. We're swagless. And, And Peggy should get some swag too. Yeah, she should get a response to her email the other way. We should send him swag and then he'll listen. There we go. That is brilliant. I'm going with the new editor. I like this. So, (laughs) well, we better send her something too. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And this was a, this was a delight. I loved it. Thanks, Peggy. This was really fun. Come on back anytime. When I turn my sails heartily, I will be back. Excellent. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of Tom Tit and Baobab. We appreciate that you listen to us and we want to listen to you. So get in touch. Email us at tomtittenbaobab at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter or counter social at tomtitbaobab. And soon Mastodon, hopefully, soon but we'll Mastodon. let you know. We want to know all about the bees you like, bees you hate, words you love, and words you want to know about. And send us any ideas you have for standardizing or otherwise improving B-word lists. We won't be able to do anything about it, but we're much more likely to respond than (laughs) Sam is. (laughs) And if you never want to miss an episode of TNB, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. If you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Bye. Bye. Bye.